The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. back everybody to another episode of bench with bubba episode 279 gonna switch it up a little bit for you on this episode it's not a fantasy baseball or fantasy football or baseball movies talk none of that kind of stuff but we're talking baseball but we're talking korean baseball and i'm pretty pumped for this episode we have a special guest you can find him on twitter at my kbo dan kurtz how we doing my friend i'm doing well thanks for having me no thank you for joining us uh before we get started i know we'll talk about it uh, often throughout the episode, but just give a little kind of uh, refresher to everyone who you are, how you became a, like a fan of the KBO, your website, all that good stuff. Sure. Well, my name's Dan Kurtz, and yes, I run mykbo.net, which is now a website. And like you said, you gave my Twitter handle at mykbo. And basically, it is a website dedicated to the Korea Baseball Organization, otherwise known as the KBO. Uh, in the English language, which when I made this website 20 years ago, it wasn't a website at the time. It was a it was a message board, a forum. Um, back in the day, those are popular, and so that's what it started out as. It's now turned into a website simply because there was a lack of English information about the league, whether you were living in Korea or even outside of Korea. There was just not a lot of information out there. I myself am adopted from South Korea. I was adopted at the age of four months. So my Korean skills, they still aren't great, but I learned the language uh, during my time. I studied there for a year and ended up living and working over there over the past two decades. I've I've been in South Korea many times and now currently live in the United States. But um, that just elementary level of Korean um, language knowledge then furthered me wanting to uh, learn more about the baseball league itself over there. And so over the last 20 years, I've been learning myself and just putting out all the information that I find useful and helpful for me as a fan. Uh, 
to other fans. And my hope is that other fans around the world, not just, you know, in Korea or Asia, will learn more about the league. They'll learn more about the baseball baseball that's being played over there. Maybe even want to go over to Korea when all this uh, COVID-19 stuff is done and, and, and experience a baseball game, experience the culture of Korea over there, because it's a great, it's a great country. It's great baseball, whether, you know, it might not be MLB caliber but it is fun to watch it keeps you entertained and there's a ton of stuff and great food over there to do as well uh, that's awesome 20 years that is darn impressive that you've, you've done from the message boards to your website obviously a very uh, popular name in the, the kbo world and we're going to get into the kind of way the game is played and the fun of the game and the culture of all that but i'm going to start out with the kind of downer stuff first we're going to have fun towards the end here we're going to talk about you know COVID 19 obviously this is one of the big reasons that there's way more attention from the U.S. on the KBO right now. We've seen the CPBL get started up here, but the KBO is a league that, you know, any Major League Baseball fan, we know there's a lot of talent that comes over from the KBO. You have Josh Lindblom this last year. We've had Eric Thames. Other great players have come over um, from the KBO after a, a little trip over there and have made an impact. But we might get more invested again this year, and it is because of COVID-19. So what is it that you maybe have been watching that – has allowed Korea to get back into it so fast. Cause you know, you, you pay attention to major league baseball. We have all these different Arizona plans and Florida plans, nothing's sticking. And we're hoping for maybe July Korea's turned it around pretty quick and they've been, you know, having scrimmages. Now they're having spring training games. What is it that they're doing differently to make this a possibility? Well, uh, one of the things is they listened. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm an American citizen, but I, as you heard, I was adopted from South Korea. I love the freedom that is here in the United States of America, but sometimes compared to East Asia, and I'll just use Korea specifically, the freedom that we see in the United States um, can be taken to the, you know, people like their own personal freedom, which is great. But then when you get a stay-at-home order or, um, you know, hey, stay at home, let's do what's best for the country, let's do what's best for the citizens, it is not always adhered to as we're starting to see more and more uh, protests happen. They're getting tired of staying home because look, I'm tired of staying home myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, if it's gonna do, if it helps the the health and the welfare of the citizens at whole, that's what I think should be done. This is my own personal stance, but that is generally how the citizens in South Korea take uh, look at it as well. They took pride in helping reduce, uh, flatten the curve. They they listened to when the government said, hey, let's stay home, let's do the social distancing. Um, they had they ramped up the testing, they had all the, the resources needed, um, and thus that translated into the curve flattening, and then extracurricular activities such as the baseball league are now able to get started and get ready for the 2020 season. But that being said, the, the Korea CDC just put out saying, hey, watch out, there could be a second wave coming in. And just just like that, the league could be stopped. It could be, it could be paused for multiple weeks. It could eventually even be canceled if, you know, uh, they're, 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 you know, starting to go out and starting to do normal life things again in Korea. If that, if the COVID-19 starts coming back in, in, in force over there, they're going to put a pause to the league. Okay, and that's a, that's a very good point there because right now, you know, us trying to be optimistic, A, I agree, if we all just kind of did, did our part, this might go a lot faster. And unfortunately, that's not the case. It's out of our control in America, unfortunately. But it is good to see they all did that there, and it's a good example if we all work together. Maybe we can get back to some normalcy. It's going to be a new normal no matter what we do, but this could give a little bit of normalcy. Uh, we saw with the KBO 
They were playing intra-squad games, wearing masks and everything, and it got people's attention. Now they're playing spring training type games against other squads, and they're not having to wear a mask except, I believe, in the locker room. I want you to clarify all this for me if you can, but there's certain rules they're taking, precautions they're taking. What are they doing in the KBO to try to limit as much exposure between the players? Sure, and let me preface this by uh, the wearing of the mask, like now that it's starting to become more prevalent here in the United States where, where we are. Um, over in East Asia, Japan, Korea, um, wearing a mask was not uncommon during, especially during the winter months, if you have like a cold yourself so that you prevent um, coughing and, and the droplets from going on anybody else just so that they don't get simple, you know, they don't get the cold from you. So that was the difference in the cultural aspects of it. Um, you were asking about some of the reasons why maybe Korea was able to flatten out the curve. Like the regular citizens didn't have a problem throwing on a mask, going out to their local, you know, grocery store or something. That was not a problem because that's something that they have dealt with for many, many times over, over the years, whether it's because of yellow dust or because of their own personal cold. So with getting back to the KBO, when the players have to wear the mask and stuff like that, that is, it's not that, outrageous for them to be asked to wear a mask if they have to walk into the stadium with that and or you know I've never seen them wearing masks to be playing baseball like we saw in the inter-squad games but that was just again players going the extra step taking a precaution that they felt themselves that they want to continue if they want to continue their job of being professional baseball players then hey let's do something that can help prevent it but the league right now is going to have players as soon as you walk into the stadium have their temperature checked twice they have the hand sanitizer. You have the wiping down, the social distancing, which uh, you've maybe seen a story about one of the largest things, uh, one of the biggest things that they're not going to allow is like high fives and no spitting. So with baseball, that's very hard. I even think Dan Straley said the, the hardest part for him is going to be the no spitting on a baseball field. No, it's, it's fu- some of the. Oh, sorry. It, no, it, it's funny you mentioned that. Sorry to interrupt you, but. I saw one of your 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 um, affiliates or one of your coworkers or friends in the KBO world. You you've been kind of quote tweeting him a lot and other things. That's how I I started following him recently. I forget his name. I apologize, but he was mentioning the the rules of the high fives and the spitting. And I even quote tweeted it because I played baseball all the way through high school and I still play softball and everything. And it's not even a matter of if it's you know unfortunately chewing tobacco or sunflower seeds or spitting in general. It's just like a baseball habit and baseball players are creatures of habit. And I, I was saying to people, I could see that being the hardest thing. So it's really interesting. Dan Straley came out and said that because you just see guys do it. Like it's, you don't even think about it after a while. So it's, it's a disgusting habit, but unfortunately it's what we do playing the game. So that is very interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, continue. What other uh, precautions are they taking? Well, what I was going to say, well, just following up on the wonderful world of spitting, um, <laughs> it's just one of those things where you, where you talked about it's going to be the new normal, whether that's a new normal for the average day person staying at home or to these baseball players, whether it's in the KBO, MLB, Taiwan, Japan, they're just going to have to learn, you know, that you can't mm-hmm. high five a guy, go, go hawk a loogie and then yeah. get right back to it like you used to, but, you know pre-COVID. Um, one of the funniest things that I saw in some of the some of the uh, the first preseason game the other day was um, a guy scored a run. He went to go high five. All of a sudden, it was basically like the silent treatment. He just walked <laughs> down to the dugout going like, okay, I just have my hand up. And that's basically how it's going to be. But w- when you play sports, when you do anything mm-hmm. emotional, you d- you know, emotions come first. You don't think about, well, I better go, you know, hold on, just wait. Put, put my hand up. Let's start 
<laughs> let's start not slapping high fives to everybody after we just scored the winning run. Like that's going to be really, really tough to do. And um, with the KBO, when there when there's a walk off win, I mean they go insane over there. Um, I know they do in the majors, but I mean they take it to another level sometimes. I mean they're chucking water bottles at dudes, yeah. pounding them. Um, and this is just for like game number thirty. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is this this is what's happening. But now, that's one of the actual things that I'm looking forward to when the season begins. Is how are they going to celebrate a walk off home run? Yeah. Per se, with these new social distancing rules uh, that are made to protect the players, and the players know that if they don't follow them, they could be then basically at home like everybody else, not not doing their job because something happened and you know a, a player got infected. Yeah, and that's crazy. That's, that's a great point because, you know, like you said, any team sports, any emotions in general, even like when you go see a friend on the street and you want to say congratulations, well, you can't shake their hand, you can't give them a hug, like these just natural things that we've done forever that we're going to all have to adapt to. It's an interesting game. Maybe Howie Mandel was on to it all along. Just, you know, let's just not touch each other and, and sanitize our hands at all times. Um, <laughs> I when, mean, that's when, pretty much what they're going to have to do. <laughs> pretty much. It's crazy. But it's, again, the new normal and we're all adapting to it as we go. You mentioned the uh, enthusiasm that, that the KBO shows, and I love watching a lot of the, um, the Asian baseball leagues over there, and especially the KBO. You see the fans get into it, the players' emotions. Now, I, I know they don't get paid the way some American players get paid. We've seen Kershaw's and Trout's, and these guys say they're not going to leave their families. They're not going to do this stuff. Are they quarantining the players like to one hotel, like in a pod-type idea, or are they still letting them go in and out of their households? Are you and are you referring to the, the every player or just for the for, for or just for the foreign players in the KBO? The the reason why I ask is because when the foreign players uh, from so basically what happened was spring training happened for all ten teams. There are ten teams mm-hmm. in the league, and it happened normal spring training, uh, same as MLB, and they have their spring training in everywhere from Florida, Arizona to Okinawa, Japan to mm-hmm. Taiwan, and so the teams all did their regular spring training. Then all of a sudden, COVID hit Korea. The teams went all back to to South Korea, and some teams, about half the teams, allowed their players to go home to their families in whether it is the United States or Mexico. Uh, for LG, uh, Robert Ramos went home to Mexico, and they uh, stayed with their family. Then all of a sudden, it started ramping back up, looking like the league was going to be coming back. And so the teams recalled their players, the foreign players that went home. And so these players came back. They arrived at the airport. They went to their hotel or apartments that are provided by the teams. Then as soon as they got back the next day, the government had put out this uh, anybody, not just for the baseball players, anybody coming from um, overseas must be quarantined for two weeks. So that put the players into quarantine for 14 days. And that's why some of them in the inter-squad games were not being played because they weren't even with their team. So I know the Kiwom Heroes guys, LZ Twins, uh, the Hanoi Eagles, they had to stay inside inside their apartments for two weeks straight without being, you know, home quarantined. Now oh, wow. that it's past, it's past that quarantine time, now they're allowed they're, they were allowed out. <laughs> they were allowed out. They are allowed to rejoin their team. They've gotten into practice, and that's why coming up um, this this preseason, this shortened preseason, very shortened, whether I think they're playing like six to seven games, it's going to be very important for some of these foreign players that had not been, you know, for pitchers. They ramped it down. They, you know, they went home. Now all of a sudden they got to ramp it up here. They've been quarantined in their apartment. Now all of a sudden they're stepping back out under the field, and boom. They may have been the opening day pitcher scheduled when 
pre-COVID, but if they're not ready, I don't know if they're going to, you know, some of these guys are going to be ready to take the ball on opening day and they might have to, you know, skip a start or a little more delayed. So it's going to be interesting, but now that they're out of quarantine, they still, all the players, Korean and foreign players that are in the league there are living at their home and uh, just taking the normal precaution that everyday citizens are as well. Okay. That's good to know. Um, I, I don't want to harp us too long on COVID, but the last question I have on COVID, you mentioned it earlier, say there is a, a positive test or some scenario where things start to ramp up and a, a second wave comes through. What have they already said? Are they just going to cancel the league? Is it a two week hiatus? What have they kind of put into play just in case right now? So the last I saw was that the league, they are aware that it could easily just stop just like that at the drop of the hat because a player gets tested, or even they're saying even an employee within the team, you know, somebody, a coach, somebody, um, they will um, halt games, they will stop games, but they will not do an automatic cancellation of the season. They, I think I wanted to say they will wait uh, about three weeks to resume. Okay. And they will do all the trace, the contact tracing and stuff like that as well. But just because there's a positive test with a big league player in Korea, they're not going to cancel the season just like that. They want to take some time and see see what happens. During the preseason or uh, during the spring training and the inter-squad games, there were a couple of times where teams um, had players, um, minor league players for them, come walk into the facility like i said they're getting their temperatures checked they had a fever they went home the team shut down the entire facility and said hey we're waiting for the test to come back um and so they sent all the players home tests would come back the test has come back negative so then they say the next day all right we're resuming practice again okay that's good i like hearing that there's there's options there because it's it's good to see this flexibility and there's there's hope to uh, keep playing i like the the ideas are using i hope the uh, american major league baseball can, can grab on to some of these ideas. Again, different scenarios, but it's good to see. Let's have some positive talks here now. Let's talk the, about the KBO. Let's educate myself and others on the KBO. Obviously, we can go to mykbo.net to, to learn all kinds of goodness there. But uh, just in general, you said there's 10 teams. Is it like, you know, is it an American or a National League? Obviously, different terms probably, but how, how do they break up the divisions? Is there kind of a powerhouse like a New York Yankees? Give us a little run through on the, the teams in the KBO. Sure, just a brief overview of the uh, KBO, which stands for Korea Baseball Organization. I know a lot of periodicals have written Korean Baseball Organization. I catch myself doing it sometimes, but it's actually the Korea Baseball Organization. I know some people uh, stumble up on, upon that, but there are 10 teams within the KBO. And now these teams are uh, not named for the cities like the Philadelphia Phillies, which I'm a fan of. They are named after the large corporations. So you have heard of, everybody's heard of Samsung, LG. Uh, um, there's Doosan, which makes heavy equipment. Uh, there's, there's the uh, SK, which is a tele telecom company, as long as KT. Just examples. So they're not named for the cities that they're playing, the, that they're playing, and they're named for corporations that are owning the teams, sponsoring the teams for them. And these teams are all in one league. There is no separation. There's no quote American quote National League. They play with the designated hitter rules. The full season is scheduled for this season. It's supposed to be a each team's going to play 144 games. And again, that could be reduced just like that. Um, but right now the plan is to play 144 games. Uh, the teams play in, um, everybody has their own stadium except for the sole, uh, two sole teams, which is the Doosan Bears and LG Twins. They share the stadium at Chomshill, which was around for the 88 Olympics. And um, 
the probably the most successful teams here in the last couple of years would have been one of those soul teams, the Deuce Bears. They've won it the last three out of 40 years, won the title. Uh, you got the SK Wyverns, another another uh, strong team here over the last couple of years. Trey Hillman actually was their manager there a couple of years ago and helped them win that championship. They actually, you know, prevented Doosan from winning straight through there. Um, you have some up and coming teams. Uh, the Lotte Giants are a, a team that's, quote my 76ers are trusting the process and trying to rebuild and they're, they're they're they are totally going at it a different way than that than that they've done before um i honestly i haven't done my predictions and i i, I don't see a lot of success this season but they're not building for this season which is rare they're actually waiting trying to build this process and see a couple seasons from now we'll see if they get they get time to do that. But yes, uh, 10 teams, 144 games. Generally, the season runs from April until October. This year, it's running from May 5th is going to be opening day, and it is scheduled to end at the very end of November if all games are played as scheduled. Awesome. That is great to hear. Um, yeah, I've seen kind of team names thrown out there, and as a at San Francisco Giants fan, I'm like, I got to like the Latte Giants, right? It just seems like the common sense thing to do, but um, I'll have to do some research here. It's always fun kind of trusting the process and seeing how that goes. <laughs> um, just for fun, what are they doing different than the normal KBO like team building? So basically yeah. they were a, a, a uh, downtrodden franchise. Their last championship, again, NC Dinos and KT uh, Wiz are the two newest team within the league. They came about five years ago, six years ago to enter the league. Before then there was only eight teams. And the, the Lotte Giants, when they last won their last title was in 1992. So just by like the numbers of eight teams, you would think at one point, just rolling the dice, you would actually come up with some success. But they have not been able to win a title since 1992. Um, they had some success here in the mid-2000s, and Jerry Royster was the first foreign manager ever for them. They got into the playoffs five straight seasons then. And uh, since then, they just kind of – fell and fell hard and they've had and they have some popular players they have uh deo lee played for the mariners came over um but some of the things that they've done on the field have not been successful as well as front office um some controversies such as they used uh cctv basically they spied on their players oh, and made boy. sure that they weren't going out that obviously would cause some dissension within the locker room between management and <laughs> and players um which was not bring a lot of trust they've um with their foreign players they've known to uh not honor contracts in fact they actually just josh Lindbergh brought a, con uh, a lawsuit against lotte and he just found one uh eventually after all these years of in the court system he actually won his grievance against the team and they had to pay him as promised in his contract here this i, I think it was in february when the when the ruling went down so there's been a lot of uh not so great stuff for the team, they have an incredible fan base. I I lived down in that area for a year. I mean, for one summer, one year, and I went to a lot of their games. And the fan atmosphere that those Giants fans have is incredible. Even if they don't have the success on the field, the team fans are just singing and cheering and getting excited for them. So whenever Lotte is good, it's an incredible. It's good for the league. And so everybody's hoping this new uh, this new regime change is going to have some success. They brought in a former a uh, former Cubs employee to take over the GM, which is uh, not always has been the case here for KBO teams. They sometimes literally, like the Kia Tigers one year, placed in one of their factory managers from like Europe as 
like a car factory manager as their general baseball general manager. So <laughs> it they're shifting it a little more baseball focused. Hey, let's 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 just focus on winning. Let's focus on baseball, the sport, not trying to please uh, office politics within the Lotte Corporation itself. And so they brought in some uh, guys like uh, Ryan Long, Larry Sutton as their as their minor league coach. You got Julio Franco still working for them. Uh, some men Kim, who used to work for Fangraphs, he started to work for them. Josh Herzberger, their pitching coordinator. So they've gone outside the typical KBO mold. And so we'll see if that plays out. We Hopefully this new regime gets them enough time um, in their position. That's interesting. That's, that's pretty cool to hear the, the whole change of it all and uh, that they're going with a lot of out, outsourcing kind of uh, foreign looks, it sounds like. Um, when we look at the overall play in, in the KBO, is it more of a like I've heard it's more of an offensive league? How does the play in the KBO differ from maybe Major League Baseball? Well, everybody always asks for what's the translation, and basically, it's very hard to translate uh, whether it's going from MLB or going from North American baseball to uh, Asian baseball, and specifically mm-hmm. the KBO, because here in the KBO, you have you could have a guy that's on the mound. Uh, with major league stuff, example, Ru Jin came to the Dodgers, ace, right? He he was the top player on his team, obviously. But on that same field, you also might have a 21-year-old kid that would wouldn't even be in rookie ball or would be down, you know, like at A ball. So a, a roster just because of the talent pool and the and the the, the player availability is you're going to have any a team that could have a couple quad A ML an MLB quality all star. Uh, followed up by guys that would be in the double A level down to, you know, you got your rookies that are, might be in rookie league, but they're, but they're, you know, young and a prospect and the team has to play them just because of depth wise and they don't have as many players as a major league um, organization. So I honestly, if I had to peg it, it's between on a good day, triple A, on a bad day down to double A. Okay. No, that's, that's a good way to look at it because. You know, there's 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 us in the in the states where you know Josh Lindblom's coming over, and it's pretty exciting. You know, he played played in the bigs, went over to Korea to kind of you know fix things, and he, and he pitched really well. They're obviously like Cy Young type stuff in Korea, and now he's coming back to America to pitch for the Brewers. So it's going to be interesting to see how that translates. It's always you know Eric Thames, and he talks about how much he loved playing in Korea and just the atmosphere and all that stuff. He kind of brought that persona back to Milwaukee when he was playing there. So it's always interesting as a as a spectator to see how these these things will translate um in major league baseball who are some uh players that i, I know i've looked at some of the ways like aaron Althair is over there that that got my attention dan straley who you've mentioned there's quite a few nick kingham who are some of the guys yes. that uh, you guys are that korea is looking forward to watching that we would know in the states well sure so some of the uh players the foreign players will say that uh that are new to the league this year and that player people are getting excited about also quick for the listeners uh each team is allowed to carry three uh non-korean players foreign players um and a new rule change this year is that three players are allowed to be now playing on the field at the same time previously they were only allowed to have two on the field mm-hmm. active at the same time in one game now all three can going can be again i don't foresee uh that happening a lot since most teams all teams went with two two foreign pitchers and one bat so unless you're going into a playoff run and all hands on deck you're probably not going to see 
<laughs> all three, all three yeah. players on the field at the same time, just because of the way the positioning goes. But so, like you said, you said Aaron Altair. People are people are excited about. Hey, former Philly. There's a lot of former Phillies actually over over there. Ben Lively actually in in Samsung Lions. But uh, some new guys, Nick Kingham. Uh, everybody's excited about that. Another NC Dino to joining um, Altair is Mike Wright. Very excited to see how he will do uh, for his team over there. You have for the LG twins. I mentioned uh, Robert Ramos earlier. Uh, they've always been a team that has been sometimes um, struggling to find their foreign bat, basically. And so they're hoping that Ramos cures all that and is able to um, hit very well over there. And they happen to play at one of the most uh, non-homer-friendly ballparks in the league, which is at Jumpshell Stadium. So uh, teams are trying to position themselves. They during the off season, they 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 play to what their strengths are, and they gotta they gotta sign guys that are not only willing to come over to South Korea, but also maybe possibly um, depending where they were a pay cut. But then again, if it's a minor league guy, most likely some of them are getting pay raises. But they also have to find guys, like I said, that are willing to bring their family over and stay for one season um, in a culture that they have no idea about generally and to find success on the field, which is one of the hardest things to do. And that's why you're asking about translation between leagues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the hardest things to determine whether a guy that plays in triple A, say Las Vegas is going to be good over in South Korea just by looking at stats, because you truly don't know how they're going to adjust on and off the field. That's a very, very good point. That has a solid, solid point there because each, each situation could be uh, definitely different in, in that scenario. You mentioned real quickly there that, you know, maybe a pay cut or a pay raise. Just out of curiosity, what's what are kind of the highest paid players making in Korea? Sure. This year, if you were to uh, have a first-year player, there is a salary cap installed. So so what you can't – what you can – do is for those first year foreign players the rookies their max pay is a one million dollars and not and not even paid because if there's a buyout incorporated so just simple math uh, we'll say there's like a four hundred thousand dollar buyout expensive buyout for player a um then the max of his salary would have to only be six hundred thousand but then after that first year the team is able to pay them whatever they want currently so um so if you're Basically, if you have if you have if you have success in in that first year, you can have that means you've done very well, and you then have the team there, uh, hopefully willing to pay you more than a million dollars up to you know the average. You might see a two million dollar contract, but teams again are getting getting um, a little more uh, budget conscious across the board, and so I don't know if you'll be seeing too many like $3 million contracts and stuff like that popping up. This year, it looks like the, the highest paid player is probably going to be Tyler Wilson, making upwards of $1.6 million. That's within a player op. That's, sorry, not player option. Team option there, incentives, basically. Um, if he hits all that, it'll be about $1.6 million, which is the, the top in the league. Yeah, looking at Tyler Wilson's stats from last year, he pitched very well. So he definitely earned it. Uh, 292 yeah, oh, yeah, 137 Ks, yeah. Yep. And that's why some of these guys that are maybe going to say, um, example, I'm taking a look at Taylor Motter. He came over to the Kiwom Heroes right this year for 350000 right? Mm-hmm. My guess is he's banking on, betting on himself for 
to do well. And so then he gets a significant pay raise the next year because Jake Brigham did the same thing, came over, very pitched very well. He's now up to 950000 a couple years later. So uh, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they want to look out for the family. It, you know, it is a job. But then at the same time, they also have to think about their family. But then, you know, it's kind of like what is the limit of what they're willing to go for or not go for and then you got to look for the future too what can they their potential earning be down the road no that's a very interesting way to look at it like it's kind of a you can only make x amount on year one but now like you said you're betting on yourself so it's a very interesting way to go about it but at the same time some of these players might have you know hit that wall in the minor leagues and this is a new start and a new way to, to figure it out and give it a shot so very interesting way to go about it and we talked about some foreign players right there who are some of the Korean players that we don't know about that we should know about, especially if we're going to watch this year, or maybe players that might end up, you know, getting a cup of coffee in the bigs here in the next few years or something. Sure. Yeah. I have, I had my list here. Uh, well, one of the players that actually possible MLB fans might've heard of is Kia Tigers pitcher, Yang Young Jung. Now um, he was posted in 2014 and a team won the bidding but his korean team the kia tigers rejected that bid and so thus he was not able to come over he is now the ace of the league korean pitcher um best korean pitcher probably in the league at this point now with kwang hyun going to the st louis cardinals uh he's out of the equation yang is going to be the number one uh, korean pitcher and he is somebody that will possibly even get a deal this depending on how the season plays out for him he could possibly come over to the united states or to North America to play. Uh, another player that is going to be, he has already been promised that by his team that he's going to post is uh, the Kiwom Hero shortstop, Kim Ha-sung. Now, interesting thing is he took over for uh, Jung-ho at short there for the Heroes when, when Jung-ho went to the Pirates. So now mm-hmm. Kim Ha-sung has been promised by the, by the Heroes that I, he will get posted after this season. So he is another player to watch. Again, on the same team, a young, uh, young pitcher for them, a good arm, is uh, uh, Woo Jin An. On being his last name, he is uh, he was a prospect drafted, very highly touted, and uh, hopefully he got it all together and he'll be able to help the uh, the QM Heroes. They are a very budget conscious team. They would be considered the Oakland A's of the KBO. Um, they've been very budget conscious for years, and they've been actually quite successful at being good on the field despite having a limited budget. Another player that possibly could be coming to the majors is. Uh, for the NC Dinos. His last name is Na, his first name is Sung Bum. He got injured last year, but he, uh, he's been hobbled here by that, was with that injury. But before that, he was a prospect. He was highly touted, uh, went to Yonsei University, went out as a two-way player. Um, he's only pitched, I think, in a playoff appearance, uh, but he is an outfielder by trade. He very good. Can very good with uh, contact and his defense is not probably he's he's not known for his defense but he's he's adequate and his bat is what's going to be and uh be what would bring him over he also has a chance at coming over the united uh the united states in the major league baseball and then there's the kt's uh kong beck ho now this guy he would basically when he was coming out of high school three years ago he was touted as Korea's Otani, basically, two-way player. He want, he said he wanted at the time to pitch, and he was a catcher at the time, uh, k- pitch and catch. Uh, the team said, uh, hold on there, bud. 
we're gonna make you into a, we're gonna make you into a one-way player. And so he's actually been in the outfield uh, for his first two years. This year, I saw that they're trying to move him to first base, trying to become that slugging first baseman. He tried last year to go out and try to pitch again. It just was not happening. And says, you know what? I'm just gonna focus focus my time on um, trying to become a better you know, fielder, better batter. And so that's what he's been doing. But he, he is a very interesting player to watch because it, if he continues his trajectory the way it's looking, he would also possibly be getting posted uh, by his team. That's exciting. There's there's uh, quite a few of them there that we might be seeing come over pretty soon. Like I mentioned, we got Josh Lindblom coming back, but Kim, as you mentioned, he, he signed with the, um, the Cardinals. That'll be exciting to see because – that's one of the fun things is what I do is I analyze fantasy baseball a lot and just other baseball in general. And we're trying to kind of figure out how this will translate. And you're already mentioning it's tough because different leagues and different situations. And it's always interesting to see how they'll play out. Um, what can you tell people about uh, Kim coming over to America? Like, What things did you see in Korea that maybe we can expect here? Well, I actually wanted, wished he would have come over even earlier. Um, he was the ace. So basically, 10 years ago, they had three top pitchers. You may have heard two of them. Ru Hyunjin went to the Dodgers. And there was a player by the name of Yoon Suk-min went to the Orioles organization. He was the top. Those two were the top stars. Yang for Kia, which I already talked about, and Kim Kwang-hyun. These were their four horses for their, for their national team. And Kim is a workhorse. He has great stuff. He had some. He had an injury bug. Um, not injury bug. It's not. Not that he's prone to injury. He just had some injuries that slowed him down a couple of years that probably prevented him from coming over to the majors earlier. But um, Trey Hillman worked his magic, got Kim a, a, a ring, and got him some more eyes on him, basically by the major leagues. And uh, the Cardinals liked him enough to sign him, and I think he's going to do quite well uh, before everything shut down in spring. He was. He was having some success. I know there's some questions whether he's going to become rotation or not. And by injuries, it looks like he was about ready to play himself into that rotation. So now whenever the whenever MLB starts back again, it's going to be interesting to see how um, that plays out because, he, you know, he was doing very well. And now all of a sudden, an extended break. And then is he going to be able to continue that success that he had in spring and then be able to play himself into a uh, – into the rotation. And so I projected him. I'm just a fan. I, I know nothing about scouting, but I honestly thought he's, he has a shot at being a, a back end starter, but I thought his stuff would play very well out of a bullpen. Good to know. Good to know. Cause I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on it. And obviously I have not watched a lot of them. You have. So I'll take your opinion very, very strong uh, on that uh, idea to, to, to think about Kim. I know I saw you tweeting about it and talking about it. It's different over there. It, Maybe you can shed light to this, but, you know, we can watch a game live. But once the game's over, only highlights are allowed in Korea, but they're trying to get like broadcasting rights in the U.S. What's the situation like? How can we watch the games that maybe it's tough at the time that they're on? You know, we're both on the West Coast, so it's uh, late at night. Yep. How are they going to I know they can't fix that, but what are they trying to do to accommodate that? Well, I hope they're doing all they can, but unfortunately, I don't know if they are. So basically, as of now, April 22nd, currently the only way to watch these preseason games is by uh, a platform such as Naver, which is a website. I tweeted the, the website links out to that. We're downloading an app called Naver TV, and currently all their games are available live um, worldwide. 
only live because once that game is over and even the highlights during the game, they are geo-blocked to Korea only. So if you can't watch anything on demand, but you can watch in the middle of the night for us here in the United States, uh, watch the game live. And currently right now, most of the preseason games are at a 2 p.m. Korea time start. For us here in the West Coast, that's 10 p.m. That's not too bad. But this the 6 p.m. games that are kicking off and then in the regular season, they're going to be 6.30. That's a 2, 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m. start for me. So I, I don't really stay up for those <laughs> because I can't um, just because of everything, you know, I'm not really, I can't, I can't do it. So um, our hope as fans outside of Korea is either they unblock those highlights and game replays because I love that they're doing live streaming. But from uh, what I've heard is, the KBO sold their international sold just the international TV rights to a company called Eclat. Eclat is the one that holds that, and it would be the one bargaining with an ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever broadcaster in the world wants to get Korean Korean rights. And so it is them. It's going to be them that decides if they're going to make a deal with ESPN, and then what kind of deal is it going to be? Live streaming of games? Is it going to be a highlight package only or not? So basically, right now everything is on hold. It's going to be geoblocked the stuff on demand until I think they figure out what what kind of deal they can get get done. Um, say two months from now, no deal done. My hope is that KBO says, look, Eclat, loosen up those rules. We need we we want the world to see Korean baseball. Yeah, because right now, like I said earlier before the show and on the show, there's a lot of us that would tune in if we can maybe say on demand it at, you know, one in the afternoon, our time. Like we would be watching a KBO game. Big time. So, and that's and great. that's my hope. That's my hope as well. And I don't know a lot about the Taiwanese league, the CPBL. They were the first ones to kick off here, but they are doing it right. They their broadcasters are having. I just saw another broad another team signed up to have an English broadcast on Twitter. I mean that that just right there is obviously knowing your audience and knowing yep. what's out there. So my prayer for the KBO is they get it together. They say, hey, let's look at the long term. Let's market these teams. Let's market these players. But at the same time, I do know that the teams and people are worried about losing the players because yeah. um, they don't want to be a feeder league just for the major leagues. They love yeah. that yeah. a guy like Ru Hyun Jin comes over, but they don't want to lose 10 other guys each season. One guy well, every couple of years, that's okay. So, but you know, the more eyes on them, the more scrutiny, the more um, scouting duos on, and possible loss of talent and or criticism that they're not used to and they don't want to uh be criticized for something that they've always done and had you know they've been not seen by outside eyes nobody would have known that they're doing it or that you know the quality of play isn't quite what everybody thought it was or something like that so there's a little bit of i i understand their side but at the same time i'm just like as a fan that was in the united states i'm like please please just just Give us anything. Just let us watch it. I love that they're allowing live streaming right now. But I mean, like I said, I'd like to watch a replay right now, but I can't because I'm blocked unless you go through VPNs. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's interesting though. When you mention it like that, it makes sense from their viewpoint. I, I totally get it. And I guarantee a lot of us haven't thought of it that way. That makes a ton of sense. At the same time, we're kind of, you know, thinking of ourselves as well. So it's kind of, right. kind of exactly. Because spot. we're about ready to go crazy. I can only watch yeah. so much esports. Exactly. Uh, no offense to the, to the gamers, <laughs> but I'm like, I really need to see rather than somebody like video hit a home run in the show. I actually want to see a home run in the show. Like, exactly. 100%. I don't even care if it's a practice game. <laughs> I literally watched your replay of a, a clip the, uh, 
yesterday or something like three different times because it was so fun to watch home runs and everything else. So, um, sure, yeah. Uh, just a couple more questions, and, and we'll we'll get you get you out of here. You mentioned the CPBL that in Taiwan. There's you know the Japanese league, which we've seen a lot of players come over from as well. Just for what you know, is how much different is the KBO from say the Japanese league or some of those other um, Asian baseball leagues? So I guess the pecking order that I have always heard. Again, I'm not a scout, but or any we pretend to be one. But what I've always heard from scouts and major league related people are is the pecking order in Asia goes Japanese league NPB first, then the KBO, then the CPBL. This is only for the for the Asian leagues here. Uh, in what I've also heard from players that have played in both leagues and um, played in Korea as well, or Korea and Japan, is that the difference is that the KBO is maybe a little bit more like the MLB rather than NPB, where it plays a lot of small ball. I don't watch a lot of Japanese baseball, but um, yeah, the KBO bunts, and they bunt in some random situations and you're going why are they bunting right now i don't understand it <laughs> but it seems that there is less of that in the korean baseball than there is in japanese baseball okay. so talent wise Jap- japan's probably better than korean mm-hmm. league but i guess for the major league fans and watchers they may enjoy the kbo league a little bit more again a couple years ago when the ball was juiced or quote juiced that this league didn't admit um it was very fun to watch not if you're a pitcher but i mean they just hit bombs and then they reeled it in dejuiced the ball again quote dejuiced supposedly fixed it and then this 2019 had home runs down and just i don't know if it's a coincidence but their viewership also went down in korea actually the tv ratings reduced their fans went down again i don't know if that's saying that everybody wants to watch you know 15 to 14 games but Again, it's something to look at. Is there a correlation between, you know, home runs and increased TV ratings and increased attendance? I don't know if that's the direct correlation, but I would think somebody would have to look at it and be like, well, maybe there is. So I was curious to see what kind of ball they're going to be using here in 2020. Nice. It's good to hear that. It's not just uh, the Major League Baseball. It's the KBO. I mean, juiced baseballs and what are we going to use this year? So that's always fun I want to say, uh, I want to say, yeah. I want to say that the major league saw what was happening in Korea and saw the fans, saw the increase, and they thought, hey, let's see what we can do here. And thus, that's why the nine hole hitters hitting like 30 home runs. So, I mean, I don't know if there's a direct, again, direct correlation, not making accusations, but um, mm-hmm. it definitely has uh, seen the, the, the rise in home runs was the rise in popularity and increased TV ratings in Korea. And then last year saw home runs decrease and just so happened their TV ratings and attendance went down as well. All right. I have a couple listener questions and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, Barry Baker, he's a big, he loves prospects. He loves international players. He's a big fan of this. So he like had a legit question on a player that you might know from what you've seen. Um, he wants to know when will Na Sung Bum be coming over to America? Do you figure he's maybe one of the next bats to come over this way? He is. He, I, I mentioned him a little bit early and the players that, you know, you, your listeners should know. And he, he is one of the players, one of the bats to be coming over. He would probably be, um, him and Kim Ha-sung from Kiwom Heroes would probably be the next two guys to come over to the majors. It's going to depend, uh, honestly, how quick he heal, um, he's healed, supposedly. But we'll see if he's back to his old self 
Um, he got injured in a very nasty collision uh, last year. I, I tweeted it out last year, and I felt really – it was actually disgusting to watch. It was one of those, oh, look away kind of oh, moments. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, that wasn't a good thing to do. I didn't realize it at the time how bad it was. And um, he was out for the season, for the rest of the season. He was having, he was having a great start, too. Um, so NC fans, and he's possibly – <laughs> probably hoping that he has a great season on the field this year, which could translate into coming over to the major leagues in the, in the very future. Yeah. I pulled up his stats page from, from your website over here and pretty guard, pretty, pretty good. 20 plus homers, double digit stolen base, great average, good, good ball player. Um, so when he, yeah, when he was a prospect, he was a five tool player, almost a five tool player uh, for KBO wise is what they're considering. He slowed down a bit with the injury and stuff like that. So, I mean, he was one of those guys that was just all around good had nice. it all and so he's done he's done it all for nc now the hope is that he has a great year um me as a fan of the united states i'd love to see him come mm-hmm. to the major leagues but obviously nc dinos fans are like let's hold on to him <laughs> but at the same time they take they they take great pride in knowing that they had a player that came from their team is now in, is having success in the highest talented baseball league in the world they yeah i think that's a good way to look at it for sure it's definitely a good way to look at it so I'm glad they have that perspective on it. That's good because I, I think it is kind of an honor to go, hey, he came from us and now he's doing it with the best because that's the goal any person has. No matter what you're doing in life, you want to do it with the best. So that's an interesting way to, to go about it there. A uh, question from JT underscore the ginger. He wants to know, because there's been talk about it here in America from fantasy baseball people, they want to create like fantasy baseball KBO. Have you heard of any fantasy baseball KBO maybe in Korea? <laughs> they also... Fantasy baseball. I know your your fantasy uh, focused podcast here. So fantasy baseball is not what they had. Uh, what MLB has. So neighbor again the plats the online website tried to run like a salary cap style um, baseball league five six years ago. They just did not get the uh, players. They just did not get the the fans to buy in basically to that uh, my site mykbostats.com also placed a uh, a uh, salary cap style fantasy baseball uh, league up there and just within the my with my little my kbo community there and it just did not get quite the interest as well and i think it's actually still up in our community page there people want to try to play here this first half of the season and i think one of the reasons is because of the depth and talent uh there's only 10 teams there is 20 this year they're going to have 20 eight man active rosters but only 26 can play and uh if you're not picking up the stars you're kind of going through the scraps real fast mm-hmm. so i think that might be one of the reasons why it's very hard to have a fantasy like the way it would work here in the major leagues like a very kind of mirror that just because of the, the player pool is much less yeah, you have, to have smaller leagues or a daily type league or something. It'd be interesting, and I guarantee you. But I sit around the house. I challenge your listeners to come up with their own. Yeah, if we sit around the house more, people will. I guarantee you, it's going to. And so we'll see. Um, last question I have from you is from at David Swan. It's kind of bringing us back to the start here um, with the with the different kind of way the season's starting. Obviously. What do you think or what have you heard might be the most difficult change for these players like compared to the normal? Like what what are they adapting to the most that might be the hardest to adapt to, do you think? Sure. Now I've never played the game uh at a 
high level or at the pro level, but I can only imagine what, um, at least with Korean baseball, um, if you've seen some of the highlights from them, basically the closest thing I can find to here in North America is a NCAA college football game. Um, they're singing, there is cheering. It is loud when you go to those games, correct? I mean, it, you got to cover your ears sometimes it gets so loud in some of these stadiums. Korean baseball, even though they might have smaller stadiums, only 20,000, 18,000 people in in a stadium, it is loud. They have cheermasters leading the cheers. They have players have their own songs. They have team songs that people are singing, chanting with. Uh, they have thunder sticks. They're banging. It is a loud atmosphere. All of a sudden, 2020, COVID-19, wiping out. No fans at games. It is going to be quiet. If you watch some of the practice games, uh, I think my friend Jiho Yu, who writes for the Yonhap, please follow him. He's a great follow. Even even wrote in that first practice game, he heard swearing on the field. He heard the ball. Um, he heard he heard strategy being talked about because it is silent. I think that will honestly be the um, hardest one of the things that's not looked at for these players that have grown up in the KBO that have watched Korean baseball. You know, they're used to having fans singing their name. They're used to hearing songs. All of a sudden, they're in the most sterile environment. It's quiet. You can hear a pin drop. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, um, if that actually throws throws them off a little bit. I know players will say, yeah, we don't pay attention to the fans. We, you know, we, we just focus. We're focusing, you know, we're, we're so concentrating on the game. But when you have players and teams and cheerleaders and just all this loud music going on, to all of a sudden have that stop to zero decibel, it's going to be real interesting to see how that plays out for, for players' psyche, you know. Um, like I said, strategy. If you're that quiet and you can hear people talking, the other teams hearing you talking as well, it's getting picked up by TV. Mm-hmm. So who knows what's going to play, how it's going to play out on the field. And that's one of the few things that I'm actually, I mean, I'm sad that very sad, obviously, for COVID-19 have all done. But with the baseball-wise, I'm actually curious to see how that's going to play out on the field and just to see. It'll be an interesting experiment to see what that looks like, to go to a, a raucous environment to now a golf environment or something very quiet. No, it's going to be really interesting. That's that's one of the things I know they've talked about in the states that you know, the empty stadiums that that's the one of the for all sports is kind of how they're trying to portray things. And a lot of people have said how different that'll be. How do these guys adjust to that? It's uh, you know it's one thing when you're playing maybe high school ball and you have 20 people in the stands, but now when you're used to playing with X amount of thousands of people all the time, it's going to be a little different to try to see how things go. I think the strategy part, like you mentioned, is very very interesting to uh, to break down there. Right. Well, I guess I guess yeah. the good thing for the Astros is they're not going to have to bang the bang the trash can near as loud. They can just kind of flick it. Sorry, yeah, be a little fans. different. No, that's that's good. And uh, <laughs> on the day that the Red Sox get a slap on the wrist, it's it's been amazing. So um, yes, all the all the cheating will be a little tougher with no one in the stands. That's for sure. And, and but, I know that might be one thing the major leagues might start looking at going. Maybe we should have done this a while ago, thinned out the crowd so that we can hear everything. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm pretty sure the owners will be uh, anti that that movement for sure. But um, Dan, I will let you get out on that. We'll we'll wrap it up here, but. Just before we sign off, give everybody one last kind of, I'm not saying it's a sales pitch, but what would you tell people that are interested in the KBO to get them to be excited about the KBO? Sure. If you are missing baseball, the KBO will fill that need. If you're expecting the MLB caliber play, you're going to be disappointed. So that's why I always tell fans that are starting to brand new fans to the KBO is don't look at, don't look at it through major league guys, because if you do that, you're going to be, you're going to see, you're going to be critical. You're not going to have fun. Just enjoy the KBO for what it is. It's the KBO. 
they're gonna you're gonna have a bat flip you're gonna have uh maybe a blooper but at the same time you're gonna miss some very fine plays if you, all you're doing is criticizing criticizing going this is not the major leagues it's not trying to be the major leagues it's the korea baseball organization and i think that in itself it's something different for new fans and that in itself will make you want to stay and watch because there is some great players there's some great quality of play and there's some fun stuff that goes on too that is a great sales pitch i love the uh you know, don't have major league expectations, but have great baseball expectations. And you're right. The bat flips are great. The excitement was still there on the clips I've seen. It's different, like you said, when there's no fans there, but they're still excited. They're playing baseball, the thing we all love anyway. So it's great to see. But uh, Dan, thanks for joining me. I've had an absolute blast talking to you here. It's been really cool to kind of pick your brain on something that uh, we all need, and that's baseball. And the KBO is going to give that to us. Well, thank you very much for having me. I know you briefly talked about movies. I, it's not a movie, but I highly recommend the Korean drama that just came out this winter. What's called Stove League. I think it's on the streaming service Viki. It's a very good look at a fictional Korean-run baseball team, and some of the stuff actually possibly may have happened on a KBO team, so I highly recommend it. And what's it called again? Stove League, like uh, the hot stove, S-T-O-V-E, Stove league and it's basically a front off based on a not based on it yeah about a fictional korean professional baseball team and their off season awesome i will have to check that out and uh yeah the, the, mainly this is a fantasy show but it's also been with boa because we talk about whatever we want i've had all kinds of different things on non-fantasy related so that's why i was really i'm a baseball fan through and through so i'm excited to to chat with you here and uh maybe i'll Maybe we'll chat again sometime as, uh, you know, maybe the KBO just really takes off and we have something big to talk about or I got more questions for you. So I appreciate you joining me. And uh, again, thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. No problem. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 279 with Dan Kurtz from MyKBO.net. Catch you guys later. (laughs) 